Well, our boys play two games against the Los Angeles Dodgers at Dodger Stadium starting tonight, and John and I are going to get you ready for a win. Plus, we're going to answer all your Halo questions because we're opening up the mailbag on a Tuesday. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. To those listening on the audio side, please rate and review the pod. And if you're watching on the video side, please subscribe and click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. And today's episode is brought to you by BlueNile.com. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Angel listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This is a podcast exclusive engagement. Use the, clo- use the code Locked On at check. Hey, thanks for joining us for this edition of Locked On Angels. You got the Frisch Brothers, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros with you. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Mike, it's time for a good old-fashioned freeway series today as the Angels head up the five to take on the Los Angeles Dodgers, which is actually in my neighborhood, by the way. I'm over in Pasadena, so not too far from the game. Uh, Maybe I'll hear a Mike Trout home run tonight. I would love that. Let's hope so. We would love to see the Angels (laughs) crush crush the Dodgers. There's something about beating the Dodgers that just feels so good in the heart and in the soul. So I'm hopeful for a great series against them. Two game series. Yes, it's a it's a quick one, but uh, an impactful one. And it's important for us to get at least one win in this series. Hopefully we can take both because we've had a lot of success against the Dodgers over the years. In fact, we've played the Dodgers a total of 136 times during the regular season, and the Angels lead the regular season series 73-63, to so 10 games over the Dodgers record. The largest Angel victory came in 2004 when we beat them 13 to nothing. And of course, the largest Dodger victory came in 2006 when they beat us 16 to three. The longest Angel winning streak, six games from 2003 to 2004. And the longest Dodgers winning streak was eight games over 2014 to 2016. The Dodgers have won the last two games, but they have just lost three straight to the Giants. So they're competing for that spot at the top of the NL West. And of course, they got to deal with the Padres as well, who are having a, a good season so far. And they're having a good season without Fernando Tatis Jr., by the way. And that's yeah. a big part of that's their huge. lineup when he comes back. And he should be back uh, sometime soon. But man, uh, if we can take advantage of a down-on-their-luck Dodger team, that would be great for us. Yeah, it, the question I have is, are they down on their luck and about ready to bounce back? Or are they down on their luck and we can take advantage? I hope it's category number two, right? Right. Because we, we always we always seem to get up for Dodgers games. Mm-hmm. Like the Angels seem to just play them really, really tough. Obviously, we're 10 games over 500 in the regular season against them. And so I have a feeling, John, that this is a a get-right series Mm -hmm. for the Halos. This is an opportunity for them to get a few wins in the win column and and to not just start splitting series. we got to win series in this one because it is only two games. Mm -hmm. I think we got to get both. What do you say? I agree. I think it's a a must to get both. And the fact that the Angels, or I'm sorry, the Dodgers just lost Walker Bueller. Uh, Clayton Kershaw pitched the other day, so he's not going to be available. So I think that we can take advantage of of this Dodgers team, and we get Taylor Ward back, which is going to be huge for us. We do and have him at the top of the lineup, which is a, a huge 
uh, a table setter for us. And, and like I keep saying, it just changes the entire trajectory of the Angels lineup when Taylor Ward is sitting at the top. And so I think that's going to be huge for us. What feels better? Does it feel better to beat somebody like a Walker Bueller and a Clayton Kershaw? Or does it feel better to come into a series like this a bit down on our luck and to avoid them completely? As an Angel fan, where do you land with that? Oh man, it, it just always feels good to get a big win against a guy that you don't expect to get a big win against, like a like a Walker Bueller. And again, I know he's not going to be in this series, but but for us, the you know the the big giant here, no pun intended, is the Dodgers, <laughs> and it would just be great to overcome a good team and, and and turn this ship around. And I think that even though we took one from the Mets, it would have been nice to take two out of three. But I think yep. we're totally capable of of doing some damage here against the Dodgers in this two game set. I think that the key to this series for the Angels at least, is they got to score first. Mm, when they mm-hmm. score first, and we talked about this yesterday when we were talking about Shohei, when they score first, it seems to put our pitchers at ease. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to be so perfect and right. so fine. And so I think the Angels have to score first. I also think that the Angels have to score five. I think Ooh. five runs in each of these games is going to be key for the Angels to get a victory and with Ward coming back we seem to have our full lineup back in play Mm -hmm. right and so that's exciting obviously Fletcher's not back but most of our full lineup is back and I think that we also need to score add-on runs those add-on runs late in games are so needed especially for our bullpen because we have had those moments where they've tripped up and they've given up one run or two runs we still won the game but in order to be confident in the ninth inning I think especially with Rysel let's get him a three-run lead instead of a two-run lead yeah right let's get him a two-run lead instead of a one-run lead so I think we got to score first I think we got to score five mm-hmm. and I think we got to score some add-on runs we know that Rysel is prone to the home run ball I mean look we we when we were in Arizona last season I think he he gave up a lead because of two home runs back to back or something like that. And we still came away with a win, but it was like, oh, we got out of there with our shoes untied there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like right. One one shoe on heading out the door. But the thing is, is like that. This is nothing new for Rysel. I know he's had some struggles the last couple outings. But uh, again, like you said, the more cushion that he has coming in to close it down at the end of the game, I think the better. And I think that's going to be important for the Angels moving forward. And yeah, I'm with you. I think scoring five runs is going to be huge. And then getting at least six innings out of our starters in these two games is going to be huge as well. And again, they, they don't have to bat, so they can go the distance. And of course, we're going to see Shohei in the lineup consistently as well. And that's going to be great to see also. Coming up on Locked On Angels, this is one of our favorite episodes because we're opening up the mailbag and we're going to answer all of your Halo questions. But first, Locked On Angels is brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com, you can get all the access to all the parts your car will ever need from brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil and even new carpet in case your daughter spills her Starbucks on the brand new floor of her car. Not that that happened. (laughs) RockAuto.com has it all. Here's the good news. Rock Auto is a family business serving all the do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And because they're family-owned, they understand that budgets are of the utmost importance, which is why Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every single 
customer. And in this day and age, in this economy, uh, that's a really important factor. <laughs> so keep that in mind while you're working on your car and head to rockauto.com to see all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you do, make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box. And that way they'll know that Mike and I sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Go to rockauto.com today. And thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. It's a big month for the NBA, and once we're done here, you should check out the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. It starts June 16th, so just a couple of days from now, and it includes over 50 insiders predicting who will be drafted and what team they'll be drafted to. So check out Locked On NBA, the Locked On NBA podcast, and hear from big board draft experts, plus the Odyssey insiders. Again, first pick is June 16th. Search Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. And follow now so that you don't miss a pick. We got a very special message on Thursday from a listener named Michael Hawkins. He reached out to us on Twitter. He said, I'm taking the boys to the game and I got a good feeling about it. Of course, we know that Shohei carried us to a win. So what a it game. was Michael and their his boy's luck that got us the win, I believe. And so he left us a voice message. He said he was going to call us after the game. So here's that voicemail. Hey, guys. Boy, uh, I am here at the stadium with my boys. Nathan. Seven here. Yep, and I'm Mike. Uh, we live in uh, Camarillo. We uh, bought tickets at the last minute. Uh, we had a feeling tonight was the night with Shohei on the mound, and boy, did he do it. Great feeling. Hands down, best game I've ever been to in my life. Dominant pitching. Uh, great job uh, seeing him close it out. It was it was great to see. Uh, I love this sport. I love this team. Uh, go Angels. Uh, thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. How great is that? You know, baseball is funny because it, it's kind of like golf. When you get a hole-in-one in golf – once you hit it, you're locked in, right? Except for me. Like, I'm, I'm, I hate golf. But but I know most people, when they get a hole-in-one, it's you're hooked after that, right? And you could just hear it in Michael's voice. Like, after that game, this is the greatest game in the world. This was yeah. the most spectacular moment of my life, right? And so, Michael, we are with you. And how cool to have your boys there. And what a, what a perfect game to Absolutely. actually go to. Nice Absolutely. choice. There's a picture of Michael and his boys getting us a win at the oh, Big right A. Thank you to Michael and the boys. Well done, gentlemen. Well done. All right, Mike, let's go to our uh, first voicemail question right here. Hey, bros. The podcast is great. This is uh, Tracy from Henderson, Nevada. I called a couple of times, and I really appreciate the um, passion that you guys bring to this uh, every day. Um, in looking at the, the Angel lineup, this is not a strong roster. Uh, when you look at, for example, Renfigo, Velasquez, Lagares, uh, Suzuki, those, there's no fear in that lineup. Monday night, um, Renfigo, ground ball out to end the game into the shift. Last night, uh, Suzuki, ground ball out into the shift uh, to end the ball game. Uh, why would you pitch to Otani or Trout when you can look at these guys? These are automatic outs. These are not major league hitters, so it's not a very strong lineup. Uh, when it comes to the pitching, uh, you, we, we hear about how strong the Angel bullpen is, and it's probably stronger than it was last year. But the analytics, which I think is ruining baseball like the shift is, you know, tell you that you can't let a starting pitcher face, you know, go third time around in the order. And I think that's part of what the problem was with Madden. And I totally agree that there's times when the starting pitcher should have stayed in longer. But, 
you know, Perry's bringing these analytics uh, into the into the angels. And when you have as strong as bullpen as we think we have, then you know we got to rely on those guys. So um, I think a change should have been made. I think Phil Nevin is the right guy. A little bit of trivia on Phil Nevin is he was a tremendous punter for the Cal State Fullerton uh, football team. But to put this blame on Madden, I, I think, is a little uh, a bit of a stretch. And um, it's good that there's a change uh, afloat. I think it's, it's probably necessary at this point. But this this roster uh, is not a roster uh, that uh, probably right now is a playoff roster. Thanks, guys. Tracy from Henderson, Nevada. Thanks for giving us another call, man. It's great to hear from you, Mike. What are your thoughts on some of the things that Tracy had to say? Well, we do have a lack of of depth. You and I have talked a lot about that, right? And the injuries have highlighted that. And we haven't really had the players, at least on the major league roster, to fill in the gaps. Mm -hmm. I know we've got some minor league guys. We'll talk about Stefanik coming up, but... It's, it's really highlighted the need for what Perry should focus on. Now, mm-hmm. because we had the losing streak and now we're under 500, I think that priorities shifted just a bit. Right. I still think we need some, some pitching and things like that, but I think Perry is going to need to consider either this season or in the offseason the depth for each of these positions because, as we talked about yesterday, there is nobody to back up Jared Walsh. Mm-hmm. He is just not, he's irreplaceable on that field, not just offensively, but defensively. Yeah. So I agree with him. Like it, why would you pitch to Drought and Otani? No wonder they bunch them up at the top of the lineup because <laughs> right. if you spread them out, then you're not pitching to them at all. There's I would no rather fear. face Kurt Suzuki right. than Shohei Otani. So you're right. Uh, you know, regarding the analytics, I don't think that Perry is overly analytical. And if you want a good example of what overly analytical looks like, go back to the 29th. 19 season when we had Brad Osmus as our manager yeah. that guy drove yeah. me nuts because every game had an opener every starter only could go through the rotation twice or the yep. lineup twice that was so frustrating so for me the bar of too much analytics is set at 2019 when we had yeah. Osmus I feel like this year we've and, and even the previous years with Joe Madden I feel like we've had a good balance of that I just think it, it a lot of it to me seemed like Joe Madden's kind of gut instinct to go get his starter and get them out of the game and I, I'm not sure how much of that has to do with the analytics and I'm not even quite sure what sort of analytics that Perry is implementing into this team from from all accounts it seems like you you either pull a guy when he's struggling or he gave up a walk and that's it or you let him get the next out and it's kind of a 50 50 coin flip and I think that with Nevin we're going to start to see more of let those guys go out there and get the job done that kind of managerial style now that's not to say what's going to happen in the future I'm not sure what's going to happen with the next manager um, but those are my thoughts on the analytical side. But also, thanks for that note about uh, uh, Cal State Fullerton alum, Phil Nevin, great punter for the football team. I love that. Uh, Mike, let's go to another question. I'm really excited to answer this one. This comes from uh, at Invasion of Mike's. Uh-oh, there's more Mike's. Uh, <laughs> when will we see Mike Stefanik get a chance? He's currently on the SLC injured list, and he isn't on the 40-man, but he has hit consistently, and his defense has gotten a lot better uh, invasion of Mike's. I totally agree. I think it's time for Michael Stefanik to come up because that's that's depth right there, right? Yep. That's yep. that's more intimidating than Luis Renjifo. It's more intimidating than Jack Mayfield and anybody else that you uh, could slot in at second hmm. base. Mike, he's got a nine eight seven fielding percentage at second base this year. 
okay. in AAA. And so I think that the defense is quite ready. And he's also played a little bit of third base, but if we can plug in Stefanik at second, I'm I'm down. But what are your thoughts on Stefanik? I'm going to push back on that because he is okay. in a hitter-friendly league mm-hmm. and his his numbers are are good. But it is a hitter-friendly league. 337, he has a homer, 27 RBIs. I'm sorry, 27 runs, 17 RBIs in 42 games. Mm-hmm. Here's my question to you. Yeah. That, that feels like Renjifo in the minor leagues, mm. does it not? Um, it could be, but I haven't seen him yet. So I'm waiting t- for him to get a chance. So yeah. I can't make that judgment call until well, I, I think see that him those, in the major leagues. Those stats are what Renjifo would do in the minor leagues. That's my point, is yeah. it, it doesn't feel like... It's much of an upgrade. Sure, I want Stefanik up there because Renhifo does drive me personally, drives me nuts, but <laughs> I would rather see Stefanik in there. I just don't want to see somebody, I don't want a lateral move. I want a move that actually improves not just our defense, but mm-hmm. improves our lineup a bit. And obviously, I'd love to give Stefanik a shot. Just when I looked at his stats, though, I wasn't as impressed as I thought I would be. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it, it really comes down for me. It's, it's, I got to see him play in the majors to see what he can bring to the table. I understand that the stats with Renhifo are the same, but it's a, it's an entirely different person in my book. And and okay. for me, he's he's been good since double-A. Like, he hit well in double-A and single-A, so it's just, for me, yeah. it seems like he's had consistent hitting all through his minor league career. Let's go to uh, this one from uh, the Everyday Minister at TEDM Pod. Firing Joe didn't change anything. The Angels are in third behind Texas and Houston. Ugh. They are only one game in front of <laughs> Seattle. What moves should Perry make right now in order to get the Halos winning again. Mike, what do you think? Uh, The move he needs to make is that we need to get healthy, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think to make a determination on if it didn't do anything, I'm with you, by the way, because I feel the same way. I get frustrated. I'm yelling at the TV. I'm with you, but it has only been six games Mm -hmm. and and, and being two and four is frustrating. We would rather see that four and two. And then we have this bar set really high with what happened with Philadelphia, right? We're expecting this (laughs) winning streak, but that is just not what has happened for us. I think that the moves that need to be made is we got to get healthy mm-hmm. and I, th- I think we still need pitching and I think we need an ace and I love mm-hmm. Shohei but I think we need one more really strong arm in that rotation and if yeah. we're not going to get an ace then I think we need a, ru- a really strong relief pitcher maybe having two closers on the team Rysel mm-hmm. and another would mm-hmm. be a really wise thing somebody that can come in in the eighth inning and Rysel comes in in the ninth inning that's not a bad si- uh, situation there yeah I think is Trevor Rosenthal available I think he's looking yeah. for a job <laughs> yeah we'll take <laughs> We'll take somebody, right? He wants to get back. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like there, that it did change something and with Phil Nevin taking over. And I think the proof is that he let Suarez finish that inning and he let Oliver Ortega finish the inning the other night, even though he gave up three runs and didn't spend another bullpen piece. So for me, it's the attitude change, I think, that is is making me yes. more hopeful about this Angels team. That's a great point. With, with Joe Madden, I just knew like, oh, here he comes to get Suarez. Oh, wait. Phil Nevin's letting him stay? That that to me makes all the difference in the world and it inspires confidence. And he's a more hard-nosed kind of guy. I don't know what things look like behind the scenes because I'm not there. But by all accounts, everybody has said that Phil Nevin is a more driven kind of guy. It's not going to be as uh, free-flowing as it was with Joe Madden. And I, I'm looking forward to like you said, small sample size. I'm looking forward to what Nevin can do. And and maybe after this tough Dodgers series, we'll get a better picture of, of what the Angels are capable of and see where they stand. Let's go to one more uh, question 
here for this segment. And this one comes from Chuck and Duck Meet at the Halo underscore homie. Uh, what are your thoughts on Nevin's refusal to sack Bunt in the later innings? It's driving me crazy. <laughs> Halo homie. I agree with you. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say same. I, I don't know why. I don't know why we're not bunting. I, yeah. I mean, I know Velasquez hit that home run last Thursday, and when we had a couple of runners on, but the game was tied. And yeah, it was a home run, and we were stoked about it. But as soon as he got up there, I was like, "How come he's not bunting? Right? Why, why are we putting a bunt down to bunt those runners over? Right? Yeah, they're so and, scared to give up outs in the later innings right. of the game. But that's we what they were lucky. doing. That's what they were doing at the beginning of the season. They were yep. creating and manufacturing runs, even without. And so I think the Angels really got to get back to that. If they want to be successful, we can't change the approach that made us a winning team at the beginning of the season. Absolutely. Give me give me some situational hitting. I want to see that come back because that's what winning teams do. When they start yep. doing that, I'll be a bit more confident as an Angel fan. Yeah, hopefully Nevin and, and the rest of the coaching staff can, can bring that to the table because we need that back desperately. Well, Locked on Angels is brought to you by BlueNile.com. It's the original online jeweler. John, I'm going to need your help. Since 1999, they've helped millions and millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Blue Nile is committed to ensuring that the highest ethical standards are observed when sourcing diamonds and jewelry. And if it's not perfect, no problem. 100% satisfaction guarantee. You can shop stress-free with guaranteed free shipping and returns. Need that special purchase fast. In most cases, Blue Nile can deliver overnight and every order is insured and arrives in a discreet package that won't give away what's inside. So make your special moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Angel listeners get $50 off a purchase of $500 or more. You can use the code LOCKEDON at checkout. That's LOCKEDON at checkout. Go to BlueNile.com today. All right, getting back here, let's jump into our next voicemail right now. Hey, guys, this is Adam calling in from San Diego, and I want to hear what your guys' take is on Shohei Otani and where the franchise stands right now. It seems like he's been a little bit hesitant to answer the question of whether or not he wants to stay long-term with the Angels. And with the way the season's been playing out and – losing the manager midseason, it sounds like there's a lot of things that could be very unappealing to a player like him. So I'd like to hear what your stance is on whether or not Shohei could be considering the Angels long-term and whether or not you guys might make the decision to package him up and send him out and trade him for a big haul of prospects that we know that we could get for him. I understand that it's not what a lot of Angels fans want to hear, but... You know, there seems to be a really bad situation going on with the Angels right now, and we're kind of backed up into a corner. So I just wanted to get your guys' take, uh, take on that. Thank you so much. Adam from San Diego, thank you for your voicemail. Mike, my thought on that is Shohei has said all along that he wants to win. He wants to be on a playoff yeah. team, and I think that that's why there's been such an urgency among the Angels to – have a win now team. And I think that we'll start to see moves that help this team win now. I also think that you don't want to consider moving Shohei just yet. If, if winning now is within reach. In fact, 
Shohei's value is not going to diminish. It's not going to no. go down. No. And I think even if you wait till next year, halfway through the season, and you're at the trade deadline, and, and maybe by that time the Angels are like, well, we're not going to get there, maybe that's when it's time to trade Shohei. But what do you think? I actually would take a different approach than mm-hmm. Adam took with the firing of Joe Madden. I actually mm. think that that was a loud announcement that the Angels aren't going to settle for status quo. Mm-hmm. And the Angels aren't going to allow a 12-game losing streak to take place ever right. again. Yeah, I agree. And I think them DFAing Upton and then DFAing Pujols last year, I think that those are signs to Shohei that we're going to do whatever it takes to win. Yeah. And I think that what they do in the offseason will, will prove that. Remember, he has one more year, mm-hmm. and it's an arbitration year, so I could see him getting maybe Noah Syndergaard money, like a one-year mm-hmm. $21 million deal. I don't think they're going to lock in a deal with him this year or even next year. I think they are going to talk about that, but I would anticipate another one-year deal and then there'll be conversations about what happens next. And I just don't think they're going to trade him un- unless it's a like last-ditch right. effort. Like That's we can't do anything and so yeah. let's just let's see what we can get for him. I think they'll get a lot for him, but I don't think they're going to do that at all. I don't think it would be wise of them to do that. Well, and Artie loves his superstars and I think he's going to hang on to Shohei as much as possible. Let's go sure. to David from the Bay Area. Hey guys, what's up? This is David calling from the San Francisco Bay Area. Just been reading the paper about some of the potential coaches for us down the line. If Nevin's not going to continue, including Ray Montgomery, Walt Weiss, and Trey Hillman, want to throw out what you guys thought about the possibility of Bruce Bochy coming out of retirement and coaching the Angels. I know that Bochy's still got some time left. Great manager. Likes to coach in California. What do you think? Could Bruce Bochy be the Angels' next coach? Thanks. What do you think, Mike Bochy? Um, here's the thing: his his overall winning percentage uh-huh. is under 500. Okay. I know he had three World Series with San Francisco, but did sure. you know that he's two games under 500 as the manager of the Giants? Hmm. In That's his 13 years. Huh. And so I just don't know if Bochy fits the mold. It feels like a Joe Madden move. Yeah. And I think that the Angels need to go grab somebody like an A.J. Hinch. Sorry, I know that that's not a name that we like to talk about <laughs> on the pod. But A.J. Hinch, who's now with the Tigers, he was perfect for Houston. Yeah. And I think we need somebody like that that maybe, that maybe doesn't necessarily have a history of managing. Maybe a Walt Weiss, I think okay. I would consider. I, I don't like the name Trey Hillman. I don't think that he would be a good fit for us. And so I think it's got to be somebody that's fresh to the scene as a manager. Yeah, I mean, look at the Giants with Gabe Kapler, young guy who's uh, really getting this team far in their their time and and the time he's been with them. And they were one of the best teams in baseball last season. Nobody expected that. Everybody thought that they were going to be awful and and he helped write that ship. So yeah, I'm with you. I think somebody younger, I think somebody, uh, Perry's going to go find the next Bochi. He's going to go find the next Gabe Kapler or or what have you. I think that Perry's going Perry knows a lot of people and he knows which guys are going to sure. plug in really well. Um, we got a few more questions, so why don't we do a little rapid fire? What do you think okay. about that? Uh, All right, this let's one go. Comes, <laughs> this one comes from O'Halloran8 underscore 3 underscore 18. Does Taylor Ward really bring that much offense into the lineup, or is it a slump like every team has? What do you think, Mike? It's a slump. I think they felt the pressure of him being out and the injuries. And in baseball, everything balances out. And Mm -hmm. so I think that once we see the full lineup back, we're going to see that 
that powerhouse offensive team come at us again. Yeah, I agree. And and when you have those guys at the bottom of the order who aren't getting on base because they're not bunting and doing everything that they can, now that yeah. Taylor Ward's back at the top of the lineup, then your absolutely number one job is to walk and get on base so that Taylor Ward can drive you in. That's what yeah. I think is going to happen now that he's he's back. How about this one? Our good buddy, RJ Balver, he said, considering Stassi's three-year extension, how do you feel he is living up to it? What do you think? Well, in comparison to Suzuki, I think that Stassi is our best option <laughs> there, right? And and Stassi seems to be able to frame really well, mm-hmm. and I think his defense and his throwing down to second base needs to improve, but when you look around the league, there really there are some strong catchers, and then there's yeah. a huge gap between yeah. strong and average, and I think Stassi's average, I would rather take him though over an alternative and I think you got to lock him up so that he doesn't go anywhere either and I think he's earned that that three-year deal and 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 he's he shows some pop every now and then and yep and he's a threat even though his batting average is sitting around like 250 245 he's always a threat and I think that that's important he can he can get you a double he can get you a home run and so people don't want to always pitch to Stassi so yeah I, I I'm with it I love Max Stassi how about this one Andrew Rizzle he says why do you think the offense is so inconsistent uh are Jeremy Reed and Paul Sorrento to blame here I think that the the, the full lineup has proven to be strong and consistent we saw mm-hmm. this bunches type of offense before the losing streak and so before I blame the coaches I'm going to start with the hitters mm-hmm. and and you know when they're struggling that's on like a Mike Trout and a Jared Walsh it's on those guys and I think if their approach doesn't change then you have to actually ask the question are our coaches is not setting them up to win again the the approach is have to change with this team they can't go swinging for the fences they really have to focus on getting on base and focus on letting the guys behind them drive them in we don't need to see Andrew Velasquez hitting home runs it's great when it happens right but he needs to hit more line drives that should always be a pleasant surprise right Right. exactly (laughs) exactly Uh, let's go to uh, this question from Cristiano underscore or Christian Cito underscore he said why hasn't Lagares been DFA'd yet Adele needs playing time for his confidence that was in all caps, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say, side. for those listening on the audio <laughs> side, that was all caps. He's angry. And so, so are we. I'm with you. Here's the yeah. thing, though. We need a fourth outfielder when everybody's healthy that doesn't have to play every day. And the mm. Angels have said they want Adele to play every day. And right now, there just isn't a spot for him. And that's mm-hmm. why he's in the minor leagues. I think it sucks. I hate it. I want to see him up there and I want to see him playing. I'd rather have him be the fourth outfielder, but I get why Ligaris is there. I'm not a fan of Ligaris, by the way. Uh, Are are we kicking ourselves for getting rid of Upton now? I don't think so because I think that Upton would be as annoying as Ligaris. I think Upton would be struggling just (laughs) like Ligaris is struggling. He just has, his trajectory was terrible and I just don't think that it would have been, it would have been a, a lateral move for us, I think. Upton probably wants to play every day, too. Of course, he's having a hard oh, time sure. getting a new job. I know he's with the Mariners. I, I actually don't know if he's played with them yet. Yeah, <laughs> how that's about how this important one? he is. <laughs> uh, Iggy underscore Nikki. He says, what is your prediction to finish the month record-wise with the schedule getting a little bit easier? Mike, we have two against the Dodgers, then five against the Mariners, three against Kansas City, three more against the Mariners, and then yeah. three against the struggling White Sox who had fire Tony Chance happening in the crowd the other day. But what yeah. do you think happens with the rest of June for the Angels? Uh, give me a 10-6 and six record because that puts us mm. at 500. I would love to see an 11-5 and five record so that we could be 40-38 and 38 at the yeah. end of this month. What about you? I think we could go 10-6. and six. Absolutely. We haven't played the Mariners yet. We have eight games against them. I know they always get our goat, but 
I think that we started out better than everyone thought, and the Mariners are doing worse than everybody thought. So yeah. I think those two are on a collision course, and those eight games are going to be really interesting. <laughs> Jerry DePoto. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question is Kevin underscore 1055. Buyers or sellers at the deadline? If we're 500, we're buying because yeah. of that that extra playoff spot. We're going to try to fight for that playoff spot. So I think if we're at 500, even if we're a couple games under, we're going to buy. Yeah, I was going to say, even if we're under 500, I think the Angels are still buying. I think they believe in this team. I think we need a we need a second baseman if we can't get Fletcher back soon. And we need somebody at short and probably another starter, I think, are the, the moves that I would want to make. And and possibly uh, another relief pitcher. Um, I, I keep asking for Andrew Chafin from the Tigers. Actually, I should probably check in before I say that again because I'm not sure how he's been doing <laughs> yeah, recently. Yeah. The last time I looked, he was doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, we we thank you for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. These questions are great. You guys are brilliant. We know that you are bought-in fans. You have to be after a huge losing streak, right? Right. Now, make your second listen, the Locked On MLB podcast with MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully. He brings his humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, follow the number one daily Los Angeles Angels podcast on Twitter at Locked On Angels. You can also catch Mike and I at Super Halo Bros. Bro, Super Halo Bros. on both <laughs> Twitter and Instagram. My mind was moving faster than my mouth. And uh, that's where you can catch us on social media. Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's episode? You know we're brothers because we, we, we talk way too fast, more, more quickly than our brain actually functions. <laughs> hey, tomorrow on Locked on Angels. So Taylor Ward is back. We're excited yes. about that. Will that change anything for the Angels? John and I will actually share what the Angels should do now that Taylor Ward has returned to the lineup. All right, looking forward to that conversation. We hope you'll join us tomorrow. Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. And we'll see you right back here for more Locked On Angels. Thank you.